0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is Saturday night, and you know what that means, man. Everybody should have a cold beverage in their hand. Man, what a night tonight was. WWE Backlash live from Puerto Rico, like I said on the way here in the Mustang. Party-like atmosphere tonight in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Crowd was electric. It felt like an NXT Triple H production. I felt nothing of Vince McMahon on the show tonight and I thought WWE kicked ass, man. For a show that barely made any sense whatsoever, WWE put on one of the most fun shows that I think they put on all year. So grab a seat, make sure that beverage is cold and if you ask for a pina colada, Apparently, right, Jesse? We're out of pina colada mix, is, is what you're saying, right? That's what you told me before. You texted me in the car, you're, you're out of pina colada mix. What are we gonna do, bro? The fun people in the venue want their pina coladas and their margaritas, bro. What, what, what are we doing here? Bud Light. You're gonna serve Bud Light. You're gonna serve Anheuser-Busch in my establishment. I gotta get rid of this fucking guy. I swear to God, man, if you, you piss me off tonight, motherfucker, you piss me off tonight, motherfucker, I tell you this. guy wants to serve Bud Light in the fucking venue, man. Well, who do you think I am? Who do you think I am, bro? Bud Light. I don't think, I don't even remember the last time I had a Bud Light, man. Or an Anheuser-Busch product. It's unbelievable. I don't even know why I come here. Yeah, I don't know why you come here either, motherfucker. Get out. This fucking guy. Anyway. WWE backlash. Let me tell you something, man. I thought tonight was a great show. I thought tonight was a great show. And WWE, man, even though we have been bored to tears with the television leading up to Backlash, typically, WWE sets the bar very low for their product, and then they usually kill it live on pay-per-view. And with that being said, I'm going to start off with Bad Bunny, man. I, I said this on Twitter, and it's very easy. It's very easy to, you know, sit there and pick apart WWE for Bad Bunny and Logan Paul and all these celebrities coming on in, stealing spots from the regular performers there that are there weekly I don't even look at it that way anymore. I don't. It's very, it's very difficult for me to go back and talk negatively about the celebrities that WWE brings in. Now, obviously, we've had our fair share of terrible ones. Johnny Knoxville and Snooki. And you guys know the history of WWE performers that came from the Hollywood realm. But I tell you, man, the likes of Logan Paul and Bad Bunny, they have absolutely set the bar so high that I don't think WWE is ever going to find anybody else, at least not in a very long time, that's going to come on in and do what these two guys have done the last couple of years for WWE. That was a tremendous, tremendous match tonight. And I'm not even talking about from a physical pro wrestling standpoint. It was everything that you wanted in a wrestling match. Was there street fight? Yes. Was there sports entertainment? Yes. Was there surprises? Yes. Was there two guys that went out there and absolutely stole the show tonight? Yes. Bad Bunny, no matter how big of an international star he is, He went in there and absolutely gave a performance that everybody, whether you are in the industry or not, should be proud of. I thought he fucking killed it. I thought he absolutely killed it. The island of Puerto Rico should be incredibly proud of what they saw tonight out of their number one commodity, and it was tremendous from top to bottom. That entire match was tremendous from top to bottom. I enjoyed the shit out of what those two guys did tonight. Now, I want to dead the narrative right now because I see people talking about it in the chat. I don't want to hear this shit for the rest of the night. I want you guys to shut your fucking mouth live while you're watching me. I don't want to hear it. Some people are throwing around the narrative that Damian Priest is buried because he lost to somebody that is not an active professional wrestler. I don't know what. You guys are smoking. I don't know where you're coming up with this narrative, but you need to shut the fuck up. You need to shut up and get uh, Karen, get Karen Tenario out of the chat. Logan Paul is terrible. Clearly your opinion is not wanted here. Get out. So Otis or Hula Grimm or Rage, get Karen Tenario out of the chat. Ridiculous. You think Logan Paul is terrible. You're ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Same thing with Bad Bunny. If you don't think Bad Bunny killed it tonight, get the fuck out. Damian Priest is not buried. I don't know where you guys are coming up with this narrative. Why is Damian Priest buried? The guy was asked to go in there and in front of 17,000 people, asked to take care of the biggest superstar in the world today. And he did it with flying colors. He passed the test with flying colors. Buried. It doesn't matter how he lost. Look at what had happened in that match. You think people are looking at Damian Priest and giving a shit that he lost the fucking match tonight? You think people are thinking Damian Priest is buried? We got Savio Vega. We got the LWO. I mean, we had fucking Carlito out there. Carlito Cool was out there aiding in Bed Bunny winning the match. Buried. There's not one single fucking person using that word tonight in regards to Damian Priest. Damian Priest was asked, one thing and one thing only, that his job was to take care of Bad Bunny and lead him to a match that people will be talking about for the rest of the year. That's exactly what he did. It's exactly what he did. In, in my honest opinion, Damian Priest's stock for whatever he did tonight with WWE management couldn't be any higher. Damian Priest solidified himself As a superstar tonight, amongst the biggest superstar in the entire world right now, because he did one thing and he brought Bunny to a match that is going to be talked about tomorrow morning on the weekly Sunday news, wherever you get your news. It will be the headline on every major sports outlet tomorrow, Bed Bunny and Damian Priest. And people are going to go out there and watch it. That haven't watched it tonight. Buried. I don't really understand where you got. You guys are very, very haphazard with your opinions, really. Now, I'm guilty of that sometimes. But buried. I don't think that's buried at all. The guy went out there in front of his own people, 17,000 fucking people. Him, he did media all over the island for this match. He was the centerpiece. He was the focus of this entire weekend. Buried. Damian Priest has never been bigger in his entire WWE run. Absolutely ridiculous. Not only that, it's going to bring Judgment Day to another level. It's going to make Judgment Day hotter. Judgment Day's popularity is growing. I don't really get you guys, man. I don't really understand that. Bad Bunny and Logan Paul have upped the quality of celebrity matches in WWE that I don't think is ever going to be toppled, especially, you know, with what these guys have done the last few years. It's going to be very tough. It's going to be very tough. He went out there and he wrestled his fucking ass off. Falcon arrows, cross bodies off the top rope, a Mexican destroyer, or in this case, a Puerto Rican destroyer. I don't know how you could sit there and not enjoy what they did in that match tonight. Excellent stuff. Absolutely excellent stuff. The other match that I really cared for tonight, and I was very much looking forward to, was Io Shirai, or Io Sky, against Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. Now, the funny thing is, both of these women are SmackDown superstars, and they're wrestling for the Raw Women's Championship. WWE has yet to make a statement on what Bianca Belair is going to be doing with the Raw Women's Championship. Is she going to be handing it over? Is she going to be trading titles with Rhea Ripley like they're trading recipes in the kitchen? Maybe they should both be on Food Network. Hey, Rhea, I need your recipe. How how do you make that dish? Really, honey, how do you make that dish? A little bit too much of this, a little too much of that. How do you do it? How do you do it? I messed it up last night, cooking it for Montez, man. How you doing that? You fucking serious? They're going to be trading titles like they're fucking trading Pokemon cards, man. Give me a fucking break with this shit. Ridiculous. And then WWE, they're very sly, man. They're very under the radar. They're very cute with their wording. The longest reigning women's champion in WWE history. Women's Champion. She's been holding the Raw Women's Championship for how long now? She's the longest reigning Raw Women's Champion in WWE history. But they won't acknowledge that because they are set to give Bianca the SmackDown title via a trade. And then they will continue the longest reigning Women's Champion. But we know that's not the case. WWE basically is rewriting their rules right in front of you, and they're hiding the fact that they're ending Bianca's reign because of a stupid fucking trade. It's ridiculous. So Bianca's reign ends, realistically. Bianca's reign ends because WWE foolishly drafted the both, both of them to the opposite show. It's ridiculous. So stupid. And then you want to tell me that Triple H was a part of this draft. Or well, he had the majority say in the draft. No, he didn't. That's a Vince McMahon move right there. But man, oh man, did WWE have an opportunity to really make a star tonight in Puerto Rico? Now, granted, EO doesn't get that type of reaction during most of her matches here in the United States. But Puerto Rico was absolutely pro-EO tonight, and the majority of the crowd in San Juan was against Bianca Belair. Some people were even saying that WWE should have called an audible. Maybe they should have. It absolutely felt like EO was going to win the title through most of that match, and then when damage control showed up, I'm like, yeah, there we go. Bianca's going to retain that title. And that was an absolutely unbelievable opening match. I would go out there and say that it could be if you came to me and told me, J.D., I think Bianca Belair and EO Sky was the best women's championship match this year in all of WWE. I would not really second guess your opinion. I would not really even say much of anything. That's your opinion. I would say, you know what? You got a case for that. That match was fucking fantastic. It reminded me legitimately, we, you know what we saw tonight? A lot of you people, a lot of you guys did not see this because you weren't watching or it's not your thing. What you saw tonight was NXT takeover level EO. That's what you saw tonight. She made herself into a fucking star tonight on this show. What you saw tonight is somebody that should be leading her own division. She is incredible. She may be the best women's wrestler in all the world, honestly, Some of you actually tell me that when I'm, you know, standing for Sasha Banks. A lot of you guys bring Io's name up. I know. I know how good she is. Everybody knows how good she is. She may be the best women's wrestler in the entire world. And what she did tonight with Bianca Belair was so very reminiscent of an NXT takeover level Triple H production. He let those women go out there and absolutely fucking kill it. And now you see. Now you see what the women's division could really be if they let the women go out there and perform. We know. We know. I know. I've been saying this for years. I know the talent that dwells, that sleeps within that division. You saw a little sliver of it tonight with Bianca and Io. Now imagine there's actual story behind these matches. Imagine this actual story with these women's matches. Then the whole piece would actually come together. The whole division would come together. That puzzle will look complete. WWE really needs to look at this match as a foundation, as a launching pad for what the division could be. Now, I don't know what they're going to do with the titles. I guess we'll talk about that coming up this week. Maybe they rectify that being that the draft goes into effect on Monday. Maybe they lose some fucking stupid trade. I don't know. I've been saying maybe EO wins and takes the title back to Monday Night Raw and they trade her to Monday Night. I don't know. But clearly WWE has this Bianca fetish. Clearly they want to rewrite their record books or update their record books. They want Bianca to maintain that title run. I don't know who she's going to lose it to. SmackDown looks a little weak compared to the Raw women's division. We got Asuka over there. She's feuded with Asuka. Charlotte's over there. We're more than likely going to be nauseated with that. Imagine Charlotte ends up beating Bianca Belair and ending her women's title reign. Oh, my God, man. The outrage that there would be for that one. I'd much rather it had been EO tonight and make sense of it tonight. But what they did tonight with EO... They really, with the inclusion of Damage Control, they basically told you that EO was on her way to winning and Damage Control fucked it all up. It's exactly what they did. So I don't know what's going to happen on SmackDown come Friday, but EO will look back at this and say, well, you guys fucked me over. I don't want to be a part of this shit anymore. She may end up walking from Damage Control. They may be down a woman come Friday. So that's the little uh, tidbit there. As far as the outcome of that match, EO lost thanks to Bailey and Dakota or Thanks to Bailey for with, with what she did tonight. We'll talk about it when we break down the match uh, in just a little bit. And Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar, main event, not really all that entertaining to me. I, I can't really sit here and I know you guys, some of you guys on Twitter were like, that was a good match. Some of you guys in here were like, yeah, it was a good match. It was passable. I'm sorry. I I can't sit here and really advocate for Brock Lesnar's matches anymore. I mean, it's the same shit over and over again. The fact that he got some color in the match and he busted himself open with the turnbuckle spot tonight, that was a little bit of an added aspect to the match. It made the match all that much more, I would say, exciting as far as Cody beating the the Beast. But, I mean, it's the same shit. Disaster kick, disaster kick, suplex, suplex. Two variations of suplexes. Then we get F5s and Cody Cutters. And, I mean, this was, if there was one Vince McMahon thing on this show, the layout of this match was very Vince McMahon-esque. Very similar to what John Cena and Brock Lesnar did back, what was it, 2013? Very similar. I don't really care for it. I don't really care for it. It's the same shit over and over again. It's very difficult to get excited. You can't blame me for that. It's the same thing legitimately every time he's out there, no matter the opponent. And the ending, though I appreciate the thoughtfulness that went into the outcome and how they got there with Cody basically countering the Kamora lock into a pin, the ending just felt anticlimactic. It almost felt like they were rushed, and then they jetted off pay-per-view, and that was it. They really left the entire slate open. Now, we'll talk about what Cody and Brock potentially do going into the next pay-per-view, which is basically in three weeks, but I can't sit here and tell you that I enjoyed it. Was it watchable? Sure. Was it the worst thing that I seen? No. But that doesn't mean it's good. I just feel like Cody and what he is doing right now is not as interesting as it was going into mania with Roman Reigns and backing Sammy and defending Sammy and trying to get Sammy and KO back together. Cody, where he is right now, you know, big Cody guy. I'm a big Cody guy. I want him to win the world championship. That's the world champion. That is your face of the company right there. But the way we're getting there, man, I don't know what they're doing. It's not exciting. It's not really hitting for me. Maybe you guys see it differently. But I don't, I don't really find it to be all that exciting, at least right now, coming out of this pay-per-view, going into this pay-per-view, and then coming out of this pay-per-view. So we'll talk about it a little bit later. We got that match in the main event. Bad Bunny, Damian Priest was the co-main event. We got some bloodline drama happening on tonight's show. And we will talk about all that stuff. United States title is also on the line. Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, M. Bronson Reed, Zelina Vega had a big moment for her in that match with Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Some really good stuff on tonight's show, and we are going to talk about it tonight on the podcast. I want to thank you guys for joining me right here on... Off the script, man. Tonight, sponsored by my great friends over at DraftKings. Make sure you guys go check out DraftKings. Unbelievable. We'll talk about DraftKings a little bit later on in the show, but they are the exclusive partner for OTS for the rest of 2023, man. So shout out to everybody that hit up DraftKings and supports DraftKings. Awesome, awesome stuff there. And I want to thank them for sponsoring the show. Follow me on social media, man, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys hit the subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. We are nearing 146,000 subscribers on YouTube. We'll get a little bit uh, closer to that goal tonight with the Backlash post show. Super chats are open. You guys are already being incredibly generous. I want to shout out Jack Perez with the first $100 bomb tonight inside the OTS venue. He says, Hi, JD. I had so much fun watching Backlash. Some ups and some downs. But man, the crowd was really good. Cheers to you, JD. Thank you, Jack Perez. Cheers to you, brother! Thank you for being here, and thank you guys for being here tonight. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got 800 likes on the live stream so far. Make sure you hit that thumbs up. I would love if we can get over a thousand. We got 3,500 in here. There should be no excuses. 1,000 likes is the minimum. Memberships are open. Get them on in. Become a part of the VIP club become a part of the OTS family right here on YouTube and become a channel member and go check out all the other videos on the channel. Everything you need is on the homepage and I may have more content coming for you guys tomorrow. So look out for that in your subscription boxes. If you guys want this in audio format, you want to listen back to it after the show's over, it'll be live on Spotify, iTunes, and my blue wire family. Off the Script is an official Blue Wire partner for all of the audio side of things for Off the Script. So you guys got that to look forward to as well. And we're going to get into the actual show right now, man. We're going to break this thing down. Show started off with Bianca Belair and EO Sky for the Raw Women's Championship. Now, I was looking forward to this match because I'm a big EO guy. Bianca Belair, to me, great wrestler. I love what Bianca has done. Uh, I do think Bianca is becoming rather stale. I honestly feel like WWE is pushing her a little bit too hard in people's faces. I get why they do it. I get why they do it, but WWE is going to have to eventually get that title off of her to freshen things up because things are now stagnating at the top of the women's division. Rhea Ripley is going to bring a sense of change, a fresh You know, aspect to the women's division, but Bianca Belair, man, I don't know what they're doing there. I don't know who they have lined up, but if it ends up being Charlotte, I think that's going to leave a lot to just complain about. It's going to leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. You know, Charlotte is always public enemy number one. She's ended Oscar's reign You know, I have a feeling she's going to end Bianca's reign. That doesn't really bode well for her, man. She's already got a terrible reputation for being handed everything. Then she's going to come back and do what? Beat Bianca? I pray to God that doesn't happen. I really pray to God that doesn't happen. But WWE is going to have to do something with Bianca, and they're going to have to answer the question of, what are we doing with the women's titles? I don't know how it's going to happen or when it's going to happen, but they need to do something as of this week. We cannot have Monday Night Raw's titles on SmackDown and then SmackDown being on Raw. Can't do it. We need some sort of explanation. It would have been easy to have EO win and take the title back to Monday Night Raw via a transfer or a trade of some sort. And they didn't do that. Could have did that tonight with the way EO was over in front of his audience. Holy shit. But I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to flop titles back and forth or flip titles back and forth, trade them. They're going to sit over an open fire, tell some fucking funny stories, and swap the titles like they're swapping stories. Give me a break. So ridiculous. It really makes you look back and wonder why WWE didn't make the decisions that they had right in front of them. You drafted Asuka to SmackDown. Asuka could have beaten Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. We wouldn't be in this position. You could have drafted Oscar back to SmackDown. Now Bianca's holding the Raw title on the blue brand, and... Rhea Ripley's holding the blue title on the red brand. And they're going to go about it the most unceremonious way possible. EO Sky is fucking great. Puerto Rico loved EO. Absolutely the crowd favorite. Bianca was actually getting booed here. She was getting booed in Puerto Rico. Sky was in control early on. And Belair came back with a backbreaker some drop kicks, a delayed vertical suplex. Belair held Sky up with a one-arm press slam and dropped her, and they mistimed it. And I thought, you guys know what I'm talking about. There was a, a moment in this thing where Bianca was selling her left arm. And Io was up in the air. Bianca was holding her up with one hand, trying to sell the arm injury at the same time. And instead of slamming her down on her back with one arm... She dropped EO and I thought EO was going to land directly on
1: her fucking head, but she landed on her face. Thank God she was all right. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. so, Belair followed with a moonsault for a close, a close cover to
0: count. Sky is trying to come back here. She missed a charging attack. And Belair went into the turnbuckle with her previously hurt arm. That was the selling point of the match. Sky followed with a springboard dropkick off the ropes. Belair shoved Sky off the top. And Sky got her knees up. On a Bel Air 450 splash attempt that did not look all that impressive. Sky then applied a crossface. face. Bel Air countered out of it. Bel Air tried for a powerbomb, but Sky countered with a face buster for close two count. Sky then follows up with the Meteora double knees in the corner. And they are trading counters back and forth until EO blocked a KOD attempt and then threw Bel Air out of the ring. Sky then goes to the top rope. She had to moonsault off the top to the outside, which got the crowd excited. And she then throws Bianca back into the ring. And Sky tried for her and Karana off the top rope, this time going for the kill, but Belair held on to Io. And Io tried again for a second time to do another her and Karana, but Belair powered her up and did an avalanche powerbomb off the top rope for a near fall. All of a sudden, with EO down, Bailey and Dakota Kai saw an opening and wanted to interject themselves into this match. They marched out and came down the aisle and tried to distract Bianca, but EO grabbed her by the braid. Belair used Sky's body to knock Kai off the apron. Sky rolled her up for a near fall off of that uh, distraction, and Bailey then gets in the way, and Belair tosses her aside. So as the ref checked on Bailey, Dakota kicked Belair in the face behind the referee's back. EO went up for the moonsault, and all of a sudden, while EO had this match won, Bailey took Belair's braid, which was near the ropes and kind of floating over the edge of the apron. She takes the braid and tries to hold Bianca down by holding her braid on the outside. The referee sees this. The referee is telling Bailey to stop it, stop it, stop it. EO, like a dumbass, is getting distracted. So all of a sudden, this slight distraction and hesitation on EO led to Belair avoiding the moonsault, and that leads to the KOD, and that leads to Bianca Belair retaining the Raw women's title. So clearly what they did here was set up the implosion of damage control. Now, we don't know if damage control will continue to be a thing on television. All three of these women are on SmackDown. Bailey is better off on her own. That's just my opinion. Dakota Kai, I think, is good enough to do what she needs to do. I mean, she could be a great heel. She shows she could be a great heel on NXT. She had a heater. She had Raquel Rodriguez. And that was a nice pairing. It really was. So if WWE can find that same type of heater for Dakota Kai, I think she would be very well off on her own on the main roster if they just go back and kind of do what they did on NXT with her. She could be a viable heel. She really can be. Bailey better off on her own, and maybe she turns babyface. I don't know. I quite like her as a heel, but maybe that's growing stale with some of you. I don't know. EO, I don't know what EO's going to do. I don't know what they got planned for EO. But I would love to see EO in a star making performance win the title and have this division be hers. EO and Bianca and Charlotte, all on Asuka on the same show. I mean, a core nucleus of women like that on your show. I mean, it's very difficult to book that poorly. You got EO and Asuka, EO and Charlotte. I mean, you got matches that are going to steal shows between all four of these women. They just need to build around that core in that division to really make it a viable division because what they did with the draft is draft mostly to Raw, and they kind of neglected SmackDown with the women's portion of the draft. So we'll see what happens there, but I would love if EO comes out of this a bigger star than she went into this pay-per-view. She gave you a star-making performance. I mean, I hope WWE was listening because Puerto Rico loved and I mean love the EO. I don't know where all this EO love came from. It's almost as if we were watching a fucking new Japan match or we were watching some match that was taking place in Japan with all the love that EO got tonight and not Puerto Rico. It's crazy. Really really crazy. So I hope that they do well by EO. She showed you exactly that what everybody knew, she could lead a division on her own. This was the NXT EO that we got tonight. And the NXT EO was phenomenal. Phenomenal. This was an NXT TakeOver women's match, if I ever saw one. Triple H, let them go out there for nearly 20 minutes and fucking, the the stage is yours. Steal the show. The division could be great. Look at what we got tonight. Look at what we got tonight. All they need to do is give these women stories and we are set. And I don't mean just about the title. The women's title should not be the only thing in the division that gets a story. There should be stories regarding all the women or whoever you want to feature on TV, whether it's for the title or not. This was great. This was easily the second best match of the entire night, easily. In some circles, it might've been the best match. I would not argue with you. This was a great way to open the show and Bianca Belair retains the Raw women's title. When we get the swap of titles, I don't know. But I don't like WWE, and this is exactly what it is. I don't like it. Some of you might say it's not a big deal. It is a big deal because it's fucking stupid, and it's, it was avoidable. It was avoidable. This is a scripted show. They wrote this into the show. This should have never happened where they flipped shows, honestly. And if you wanted them on the opposite brand, they should have lost the fucking title beforehand. Or like tonight, they should have lost the title. Bianca should have lost the title. I don't like WWE pretending like the Raw Women's Championship is now the Women's Championship. Bianca Belair's reign is with the Raw Women's Championship. You can't go out there and change the fucking rules and call Bianca's reign the longest reigning Women's Championship take the Raw women's title off of her and then give her the SmackDown women's title and then continue the reign. On one hand, it's a women's championship reign, yes, but the women's championship reign that she has is the Raw women's championship. So her reign is theoretically ending because WWE wants to trade fucking titles. Oh, she got drafted to the other show. No, it doesn't work that way. It's stupid. It doesn't make sense, it's illogical, and it's fucking stupid. I know WWE wants this record, or they want their records to be updated with current stars. I get it. But there's a way to go about it. This is not it. Bianca deserves better, and the title deserves better. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins versus Omas. Now, this match clearly had no story coming into it. This match had no heat. They barely even promoted it. We found out about it on a random Friday. Seth Rollins found out about it the same time that we found out about it on Twitter. Two weeks ago while watching SmackDown. Who booked this match? wasn't Paul Levesque. Who booked this match? It was Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He's got this Omos fetish lately. Now, I went into this match expecting nothing. I went into this match not giving a shit about these two guys at all. And I'm a big Rollins guy. Not a big Omos guy. I am not an Omo sapien. I'm not. I said, and I tried to convince myself of why this match was happening... There was no explanation, but I was trying to convince myself of why this match was taking place regardless. There had to be a reason why this match was made. Then we started to see the draft and the decisions that WWE did with the draft. They drafted Omos, not to Raw, not to SmackDown, but they drafted him to free agency. So Omos can appear on Raw and on SmackDown. So I'm like, that's got to mean something. Mixed with the fact that Omos is wrestling Rollins tonight at Backlash, something's got to give. This free agency thing, something's going on here, man. So I said, it's got to be. It's got to be. Vince McMahon is going to have Omos beat Rollins and then show up on SmackDown and challenge Roman Reigns at Night of Champions for the 1,000 days. Now, that still could be because Omos had a great performance tonight. (gasps) What? Did those words come out of my mouth? Omas had a great performance tonight. Maybe I'm drunk. I don't know, what did you slip into my fucking soda before, bro? Holy shit. Um, Omas had a very good performance tonight. Now that could still happen, but we'll get to that in a second. Rollins and Omas wasn't something that stole the show tonight, but Rollins was a goat coming into this thing. And this is exactly why they they paired Rollins and Omas together, because Rollins, he basically could have a great match with anybody that he's in there with. Now, Rollins won, and we'll get to how he won in a second, but, you know, credit to Omos. Credit to Omos. Omos is not good i going to say that right now before I get into what I want to say. Omos is not good. Omos is just cringy television. Omos doesn't make anything he's a part of better. Omos is very one-dimensional. Omos is never going to be a world champion. He's never going to be a face of a brand. I don't want him to be a face of a brand. The best part of the show is when Omos is not on it. Omos has already hit his ceiling in WWE. But if you look at the body of work that we've seen out of Omos... Matches with Lashley, matches with Lesnar, matches with Strowman, and the multitude of squash matches that mean absolutely jack shit. When you look back at Omos's main roster run, all the matches he's had with AJ Styles, tag team champions, all that shit, you look at Omos's main roster run, and this was the best Omos match in his entire career. And Rollins is that good. Rollins was tasked by taking on Omas with barely any build, with no story, and he went in there and he did what he usually does and he carries the fucking load on his back. If Rollins is not the world heavyweight champion at Night of Champions, what are we doing? Why? Would you ever think of anybody else for that first title run? Why? It's got to be Seth. It's got to be Seth Rollins. Simple. Tonight prove that. Tonight prove that. Not only is the most over face outside Cody Rhodes on Monday Night Raw, but he may be the best in-ring guy that the WWE has right now operating at this type of level. He's done so much for everybody else around him. You ask him to do something, he's gone out there and has done it. Has he complained about it? Yes, at times. But he's got a gripe and he's got a right to complain. Because he knows, just like the fan base knows, you have asked him to do everything that the company wants. And he's done it. And he's done it great. He hasn't gotten injured. He's gotten everybody else over around him. He brought Cody to a fucking miraculous match inside Hell in a Cell. He has laid down for Cody and paved the way for him to finish the story. Rollins deserves his flowers too. And this match with Omas certainly put a stamp on, Hey, Vince, Paul, I should be the world champion. You got this new pretty belt. I'm the guy. He's making his case for it. Now, they did say Rollins hopes that he is a part of this, you know, six-man tournament. I'm sure he will be. We'll find out on Monday. But Rollins brought Omos to the best match of his WWE run. Easy. There's no match here with Omos that was better than what he did with Seth Rollins tonight. So, Rollins was in the ring... And the lights were kind of dimmed and he was just standing there with his eyes closed and he had his arms out and he was listening to Puerto Rico sing his song. Omos booted him right in the back of the head and said, fuck this shit. I'm going to take this guy and you're not going to sing his song. I laughed. I LOL'd. I thought that was very funny. Omos blasted him with a boot in the back of the head. Ref checked on Rollins. They started the match. Omos dropped him with a shoulder tackle. Flipped him inside out. Rollins posted Omos and hit a suicide dive, but Omos barely moved. Rollins tried another one, but Omos caught him and slammed him on the apron. Rollins tried to come back again, this time with the flying knee. Kicks to the leg, a drop kick to the leg. He brought Omos down to one knee. Rollins hit a thrust kick. Omos countered uh, what was supposed to be a pedigree. He was on his knees. And Rollins wanted a pedigree and Omos' back body dropped him from one knee in a pedigree position. Rollins managed to hit Omos with the Tornado DDT. It looked kind of sloppy. Omos doesn't really take those types of bumps. Then he followed up with a beautiful looking frog splash and only got a one count. Rollins followed with some strikes. He couldn't hit the curb stomp because Omos no-sold it. He went for the curb stomp and he couldn't. Stomp Omos down. Omos was in almost in a push-up position and he used his upper back strength to deflect Rollins' stomp. That was a great spot. So Omos followed with a choke slam. He got back to his feet. Chokeslam Rollins for two. Rollins in a curb stomp. MVP distracted the ref, so Rollins super kicked MVP off the apron. Rollins stomped Omos again for a near fall. Rollins acted shocked when Omos kicked out. Rollins climbed the ropes and he hit a super curb stomp off the top rope for the one, two, three. And Rollins pins the mighty Omas to win the match. Now, the match was fine. And Omos did well. And he didn't look out of place. And he did some, he did some work in there. I seen him do at one point in this match. I didn't put it in my notes, but. It's very difficult for me to 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 see someone like The Undertaker go out there and say Omas has the same presence, if not greater, than Andre the Giant. Road dog said the same thing. Everybody in this company is really trying to make Omas out to be the second coming of Andre the Giant. Tonight I seen Omas do Deadeye and then or Snake Eyes on the top turnbuckle and then follow up with the big boot. Then I say Undertaker sequence. So he did snake eyes on the top rope to Rollins and then he bounced off the ropes, getting a full head of steam, getting some momentum and then delivered a big boot to Seth Rollins. Said to myself as Undertaker, did Undertaker train Omos to do that? Man, they're really high on Omos, man. I don't on most weeks, 99% of the time I don't see it. I don't. And everybody being on his side and hyping him up is not going to make me see it. Because I've seen enough of it. But I got to give the guy credit when he deserves his credit. And, he, and tonight, Rollins brought him to a great match. And he didn't look out of place. He worked very well with Seth Rollins tonight. So good for him. Good for him. Where does he go from here? I don't know. I don't know. Rollins, on the other hand, world title. night of champion's finals world heavyweight championship against who? I don't know. I don't know. Who's in that triple threat match on Monday or the two triple threat matches, I should say, on Monday? I don't know. Rollins will be in the finals one way or another. Will it be with Cody? I don't know. I don't know. But Solo Sokoa, everybody's kind of saying, yep, Solo's going to win the tournament on the SmackDown side. I'm going to get Solo Sokoa versus Seth Rollins at Night of Champions for the World's Heavyweight Championship. And Roman Reigns being that he can't compete for the title because he's got two of them all uh, of his own, he's gonna send his trusted soldier, his number one right hand man right now in Sol Sako to go win the title and bring that title back to the bloodline and do what the Usos can't do or couldn't do. And that was win the tag team titles back from Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. Now at the end of the day, Rollins winning the World's Heavyweight Championship is the right creative move. No doubt about it. Triple threat match, Austin Theory. He defended the United States Championship against Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley. This was fun. Fun little seven-minute match here. Honestly. Short, but fun. Lashley and Theory. I had people trying to convince me that this match made sense. This match didn't make any sense. Bronson Reed being interjected into this thing made sense. Because he's been feuding with Bobby Lashley. That should have been the match here. Austin Theory should have not been on their show tonight. WWE just put Austin Theory on their show tonight to really make it a little more appealing. Because Vince McMahon doesn't really care for Bronson Reed and doesn't really want to see Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed go one-on-one, even though I thought they worked pretty damn well together the last time they were in the ring. Who doesn't like two big guys going at it like Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed? So... In comes Austin Theory, and we have to relive a dead feud that was dead when it was even present last year between Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley. Meanwhile, the only match we wanted to see was Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley. Austin Theory didn't need to be on the show tonight. The United States title did not need to be defended. He's going over to SmackDown, and he's going to have his hands full with a bunch of new talent over on Friday night. There was only one winner here. There was only one winner here. Bobby Lashley was never going to regain the United States title. He's a loser. Not really a loser, but WWE treated him as a loser. He's basically played the role of big-time enhancement talent. He hasn't really done much of anything. He was supposed to feud with Bray Wyatt going into WrestleMania. Bray Wyatt didn't make WrestleMania. They gave him the consolation. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, they had him carry around that Ugly-looking, stupid fucking trophy out to WrestleMania. Look at what I won, guys. Nothing. Then he feuds with Bronson Reed. Austin Theory beats John Cena. Has no plans coming out of WrestleMania. WWE has this holding pattern for four weeks because they got a draft to get ready for, and Austin Theory is interjected into this shit. Meanwhile, he's got no business with Bronson Reed and no business with Bobby Lashley basically just materialized from nothing. Vince remembered, ah, we did this last year, pal. Why don't we do this at Backlash, pal? No. I don't really care for it. Didn't care for it then. Don't care for it now. There was only one winner here. Bobby Lashley wasn't winning and Bronson Reed wasn't winning the United States title because he got drafted to Raw and the United States title is not on Raw anymore. They drafted Theory to SmackDown. So you weren't going to have a raw guy beat a smackdown guy because then that means the United States title would be taken to Monday night where the intercontinental title is. I don't think WWE realized that this match was very 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 predictable. Austin Theory's not losing that title for a very long time. He just won it a month ago. Or not really a month ago. He beat John Cena a month ago. He's been the United States champion. You don't have him beat John Cena in the biggest match of his life and then lose the United States title in his first match following John Cena. Stupid. Stupid. Lashley worked over Theory. Theory and Reed tried to work together. Obviously, that didn't last long. Reed dropped Theory with a body block. Lashley held Theory in a hurt lock until Theory was able to use the ropes to escape. Lashley was down... Reed hit the tsunami, but Theory broke up the cover. So he hit the tsunami on Lashley, and it looked fucking brutal. Looked like he landed on Lashley's face with the tsunami. Theory gave Reed a rolling blockbuster and got the big man on his shoulders, but Reed slipped out before he could hit A-Town down. Austin Theory almost got Bronson Reed up on his shoulders for A-Town down. Unbelievable. Reed hit a power slam. He went up top, tried for a moonsault. Bronson Reed flipping in air doing a moonsault, man. Who would have thought? Theory moved out of the way, and Lashley speared Reed. Theory gets up, throws Lashley to the outside, and he goes quickly to pin Bronson Reed and gets the cover off of Lashley's spear. One, two, three, and that was it. That was it. This was fun for seven minutes. Bronson Reed got in there and showed you exactly what he could do. He's been showing you what he could do. I guarantee you none of you guys thought that Bronson Reed could do a moonsault off the top rope. I hope that Bronson Reed gets some priority on Monday night. I really, really do. With Gunther over there holding the Intercontinental title, man, it's going to be a very interesting scene on Monday Night Raw. Maybe Bronson Reed versus, uh, versus Gunther is going to be a potential program For the Intercontinental title. I'd love to see it. That should be a fucking colossal match. But I hope Bronson Reed can maintain some momentum on Monday night. I don't really have high hopes knowing that Vince is lurking around in the shadows. Because Bronson Reed was given the short end of the stick the first time. Got fired. And with Vince back, I don't really trust management to do right by Bronson Reed. He should be a priority. Give him some fucking room to work. He came out. He barely got a reaction. I don't like it. They're trying to build him up. But Puerto Rico, as hot as they were, they gave Bronson Reed a lukewarm reaction tonight. How do you listen to that and are okay with it? There was only one outcome here, and that was Austin Theory. He retains the title. I can't wait to see what he does on SmackDown. I can't wait to see it. Who they feud him with first. There's a nice core group of people over there. Grayson Waller just got drafted there. L.A. Knight is over there. Cameron Grimes is over there. So we got some some playmakers over there for the United States title. Should be fun. Rhea Ripley. She defended the SmackDown women's title. She's a Raw superstar, by the way. Defended the SmackDown women's title against Zelina Vega. Seven minutes. This was never slated to go long. This was not going to be a Bret Hart fucking classic between Rhea Ripley and Zelina Vega. But it was more than about the title. It was more than about the title. I'm not a big fan of Zelina Vega. I'm not. I think what she did in the past was kind of very, very hypocritical about the things that she said, and you know how she kind of lashed out at fans for basically defending her. And I, I called it out like I usually do. I don't need to get into all that that nonsense because uh, it, it's uh, I've been there, done that situation. You know, she took issue with me. I, I said some things about it. I, you know. Obviously, I got taken out of context, but Zelina Vega, you know, her, her, her run in WWE, to me, has been more so on the valet side of things, where she is fucking great. She excels there. She was incredible with Andrade. Incredible. That was the, that was the star-making, you know, situation for her. That was the star act right there. Andrade and Zelina Vega. WWE fucked that up, too. They got rid of Zelina Vega and wanted Andrade on his own. Don't know what happened there. But she was never about, you know, being a great in-ring performer. She was passable. She did what she could to to get by. but She was never really, oh, my God, Zelina Vega. I, I don't remember one fucking Zelina Vega match ever. Ever. This was more about the title. This was never about Zelina winning the title. Zelina's in the LWO. Zelina's been paired with Santos and Legado del Fantasma. She's been paired with Rey Mysterio. And it's getting her a spotlight with these other guys and building upon that, and she fits. The pairing of Zelina and Santos, Zelina and Legado is brilliant. It was a great fucking move. You know, before before Zelina Vega, a lot of you guys might not know, there was a woman in NXT by the name of Electra Lopez. She did not get called up. She was with Legato on NXT. She did not get called up. Triple H made an executive decision. I'm going to keep Electra Lopez down on NXT. She's not ready for this spot yet. We're going to put Zelina Vega with Santos Escobar. And it worked out brilliantly. Then they resurrected the LWO, and the whole group is absolutely on fire right now. They have the number one selling T-shirt in all of WWE now for three weeks in a row. I knew this was going to be a great thing. I knew it was going to be a fantastic fucking pairing. I'm so happy to see Santos and the Legato guys get to this level and get this type of love. I was worried about their well-being on the main roster. I was worried about how they would be used on the main roster. I'm like, this is not working out. Lukewarm reactions. People are not really taking to them. And now they paired... Legato with Rey Mysterio, they resurrected the LWR, and it's one of the best creative decisions that the company has made in the time that Triple H has taken over. It's a great move. Again, this was not about the title. This was more so about the culture. This was about the setting, being in Puerto Rico, and doing what she can as Zelina Vega who loves her background and loves her culture from queens new york what she can do in that ring tonight to inspire everybody in that building and give people a reason to care that was that's what it ultimately was about it was never about the title she was never going to win the title nobody nobody thought that rhea ripley was losing this championship in her first ple title defense nobody it would be stupid for you to think that she was going to win. Rhea Ripley's going to have a chokehold on that title for a very long time. But what Zelina Vega did tonight here was basically inspire 17,000 in an island in Puerto Rico, come out there and embrace her people, and she got treated as if she was a returning hero. She lost the match tonight. It was all right. It wasn't anything to... You know, cry home about. It wasn't, you know, the the match that people are going to be talking about by the end of the night. But the reaction that she got tonight was absolutely incredible. Tears streaming down her face. Her mother was in the front row. You guys know about her father passing away during the 9-11 attacks. All of this in that moment with her dressed in the Puerto Rican flag colors. The blue in her hair. The flag that she came out with. The reaction that she got at the end of the match. Why would she want the title over that? She got that and it's bigger than winning the championship tonight. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Everybody deserves that type of moment, man. She got that moment tonight in Puerto Rico. And I'm also thinking, I'm like, look at this, man. This, uh, it's like the house of black turmoil here. You got Malakai's wife in Zelina, and you got Buddy Matthews' girlfriend in Rhea Ripley battling. So it's basically the House of Black's significant others in the ring tonight. I wonder if they were watching the show together tonight. Hey, hey, look at your wife. Hey, look at your woman there, Rhea Ripley. They're doing their thing out there. So Vega's mother was at ringside, and she was there in support of Rhea Ripley, or or, uh, Zelina Vega, rather. Uh, She was uh, booing Rhea Ripley. It didn't matter here because Ripley took control and Vega fought back with some forearms and the crowd was into her, but Ripley cut her off with a headbutt. Ripley tried for a riptide, but Vega spiked her with a DDT. Rhea Ripley sells that DDT really fucking good, man. She is all over that DDT. So with Rhea Ripley down with the DDT, we saw Zelina Vega with an opening to try and win the match was never going to happen. Vega followed with a 619. She hit the Meteora. Ripley kicked Vega in the head after a two count, got up, kicked her in the head, and went right for a Riptide, man. The Riptide basically came out of fucking frustration. Like, bitch, get off of me. She went right for it, nailed it. One, two, three, and she wins very decisively over Zelina Vega. It's basically it, seven minutes. Seven minutes. Nobody expected Zelina to win. But Zelina felt like a a, a winning hero. A conquering hero in Puerto Rico, even in defeat. Something she'll never forget, man. Awesome. Bad Bunny. We got the San Juan Street Fight. Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest. Bad Bunny came out, and he got a ridiculous reaction. Now, I am not uh, somebody who listens to Bad Bunny's music, but I can admit when, you know, music and how it brings people together and how it makes people feel, even though I'm not a fan of Bad Bunny's music and I don't listen to that style of music, man, the vibe that we got coming out with Bad Bunny making his way down the aisle, it was absolutely tremendous. I was, I was already thinking to myself, how do you not have this match? How do you not have this match end the show? Honestly. Now, granted, it was a great match. And, and granted, everybody had a good time. But I honestly think this match should have been given the main event treatment. I don't think Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes did the main event justice. This Everything about this match was booked for it to be the main event. And they absolutely fucking killed it. He came out. I don't know the name of the song that he came out to, but fans were singing his song. It was basically like a, a, a Bad Bunny concert on a WWE PLE. So he's out there, and he got a huge pop. He paused halfway to the ring. He walked back up the aisleway, and there was a black cloth covering something, and underneath this black cloth was chairs, trash cans, kendo sticks, other tools of the trade in a shopping cart. And he rolled the shopping cart down to the ring. So Priest walked out to the center of the ring first. Bunny met him in the center. Priest shoved him down. And they were really hyping up Damien Priest's ring attire. This is the same ring attire That Damian Priest wore when he teamed with Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. I like the throwback. I like the throwback a lot. Significance. Long-term booking. I guess if you want to say, right? Would that be considered LTB? I don't know. Nice little throwback, though. To refresh people's minds and bring back that, that little history that they have between each other. I think that's great. So... Bad Bunny, he got up, and he had some words for Damian Priest after Priest shoved him down. Priest shoved Bad Bunny again. Bad Bunny slapped him in the face, and then out of nowhere lands a Michinoku driver on Damian Priest, and fans were going crazy. Michael Cole was even going crazy, man. Are you kidding me, he says on commentary. He didn't expect Bad Bunny to pull out a Michinoku driver in the first 30 seconds of the fucking match. So Priest... He bailed out of the ring when Bad Bunny grabbed the kendo stick. And Bad Bunny, um, he was in the corner. Priest picked up Bad Bunny, threw him in the corner. Priest broke the kendo stick over his knee, and he was getting that heel heat in Puerto Rico. Priest twisted Bad Bunny's arm. Bad Bunny started to punch at Priest. Priest held on and twisted harder. And Bad Bunny thumbed Priest in the eyes to get out of this little sticky situation. He then mounted Priest in the corner and Priest powered out. Then Bunny leveraged Priest's shoulders down for a two-count. Priest punched Bad Bunny. He went back into the corner. Priest gave Bad Bunny a south of heaven, but then lifted his shoulders off the mat. So he basically had the match won to Damian Priest. And he got his finishing move on Bad Bunny and said, no, 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 I'm going I'm to toy with this guy, man. We're going we're gonna to end Bad Bunny and never going to get another Bad Bunny album and another Bad Bunny tour. Ever again. So that's what we got. So Priest, he dove at Bad Bunny. And Bad Bunny, who was on the outside, threw a chair in Damien's face and nailed him square in the face. Bad Bunny then pulled out a kendo stick from underneath the ring and started bashing Priest with it several times. Bad Bunny then goes to the top rope as Priest rolled to the opposite side of the ring. He landed a big cross body off the top rope onto Damien Priest. He started bashing his head with two trash can lids at that point. Priest then, back in the ring, started to mount some offense. He took over on Bad Bunny, and Bad Bunny surprised him with a flying elbow in the corner. So Bad Bunny then gave Priest another Michinoku driver for a near fall. Priest decided to walk towards the back. He started walking up the aisleway. Bad Bunny went after Priest with the trash can, but Priest kicked it right into his face. Priest then bashed Bunny with the trash can. Bunny... Sold the attack at ringside, and he started taking the kendo stick and then twirling the kendo stick around. He then bashed Bad Bunny with the kendo stick. Bad Bunny selling was pretty damn fucking good, man. You know, I'd love to know how extensive the training was and how long he was in the PC and what he was doing to get ready for this match. Man, he looks like a complete natural out there. Great. Priest threw Bunny into the timekeeper's area. Started playing up to the crowd, getting that heel heat. Bunny fought back. They brawled into the crowd and Priest then put Bad Bunny on a stack of, I don't know what it was. It looked like production crates. They were high up there, man. There was a stack of production crates that were up there and there was obviously tables down below covered in black cloth. So he yanked off his shirt, Damian Priest did. He stood over Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny started fighting back with some right hands and Priest takes Bad Bunny and drops him off these crates with a Michinoku driver. This is the third Michinoku driver of the match, by the way. And delivered a Michinoku driver on Bad Bunny off these crates through several tables down below. Can imagine that man, Bad Bunny, taking a fucking treacherous table bump like he did tonight, like nothing, like nothing. Not everybody's going to be able to do it and do it that well, man. Bad Bunny pulled it off great. Adam Pierce was out there. Other officials were out there. Management was out there. And Priest wanted to continue the attack. Referee was like, back away, back away. Officials were like, back away. And Priest was like, no, no, no. It's not finished until I say it's finished. And he is not finished. Love Priest, man. This was about halfway through the match. He picked up Bad Bunny, threw him over his shoulders. He threw him over the barricade, back towards the ringside area. Bad Bunny, trying to fight back, he ducked a big roundhouse kick from Damian Priest towards the ring post. Priest hit the ring post, sold the leg leg injury. Bad Bunny was then bashing Priest with the kendo stick, and then he was trying to work over the knee, throwing the knee into the turnbuckle or wrapping the knee around the steel post bashing his, uh, his kendo stick on the knee, bashing a chair on the knee. So Priest selling the leg, selling the leg. He did a great job of selling the leg. At one point, I thought he was legitimately hurt. He was saying, no, no, so- something, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Tell him the referee that something's wrong with his knee. At the end of it, he was playing possum. He was kind of, you know, bullshitting with the referee. But Priest is on his back in the ring, apologizing to Bad Bunny. He wants the beating to stop. He wants Bunny to stop. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So Priest is on his back. Bad Bunny gets a close look at Damian Priest. Priest kicks him right in the face, and he was playing possum the entire time. Bad Bunny, he doesn't take this shit. He low blows Damian Priest, which is legal. Bad Bunny then picked up a chair. Dominic and Finn Balor. Then enter the match and they run out there and they're stomping away at Bad Bunny. This is all legal. You knew this was going to happen. Balor and Dominic double teamed um, Bad Bunny and Rey Mysterio ran out to help. Then they turned their attention to Rey Mysterio. Then all of a sudden, after the double team to Rey Mysterio, Carlito comes out. Yes, Carlito Cool comes out. Apple and all. And he runs out, my God, does he look incredible. He looks fucking phenomenal, man. I said this to a few people via text tonight. I would love to see Carlito back and on WWE television, man. He would be great for the Latino world order. I think he would be fantastic. Get him in there. It's been a a, a very back and forth thing. I know he's made a couple of appearances here and there, but my God, man, the pop for Carlito tonight popped me. I I seen the the name pop up on the screen. I'm like, what the fuck? You heard the opening fucking couple of uh, rhythms of his theme. I'm like, nah, get out of here, man. He comes running out. Crowd is going absolutely ape shit crazy. He charged out. And Carlito yanked off his shirt, beat the shit out of everybody, and then takes an apple out of his pocket and bites the apple. Dominic attacked him from behind. Carlito set up Dominic for a 619. Ray hit the 619. Carlito sprayed apple fucking debris everywhere all over Dominic's face. Balor and Dominic retreated from Ray and Carlito. All of a sudden, Salvio Vega comes out. And he cornered Balor and Dominic. So we got Carlito on one side, and we got Salvio Vega on the other. They got nowhere to go. Salvio Vega is calling out the LWO. They all come out. There's a big brawl in the aisleway. Salvio Vega's doing shops, overhead shops, to Finn Balor. He's doing, he's doing the fucking... I don't know if you guys remember Quang from the early 1990s. Quang. That was Savio Vega. He's out there doing fucking quang and the overhead shops. And I think Michael Cole mentioned Los Bariquas. Remember the Attitude Era stable? Oh, my goodness, man. This was a complete throwback in every sense of the word. So Savio Vega's out there throwing chops. He punched Finn in the face. He's doing throat chops, a spinning hook kick. And Salvio delivered some strikes to Dominic and then all of them eventually fled, which gave the stage back to Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. You guys don't remember Quang? I know I'm old, okay? I'm old. Most of you are probably saying, who, who, who? Yeah, Quang. Go look him up. Go look him up. So Bad Bunny and Damian Priest back in the ring. Bunny is on... Offense here. Priest went for a tornado kick, but his bad leg gave out. Bunny then applied a figure four leg lock middle of the ring. Priest is in in pain from the figure four. And Priest's shoulders were down for a two count in the figure four. Priest reached for Bad Bunny's throat. He grabbed it. He went for a choke slam, but Bad Bunny rolled through for a leverage near fall. Bunny... Since a charging Damien Priest face first into a chair that was lodged in between the second and third turnbuckle. He then hits a sliced bread. Bad Bunny hitting a sliced bread on Damien Priest. I've seen it all. Bad Bunny grabbed the chair, bashed Priest across the back with it several times. Bunny then landed a Canadian destroyer for the one, two, three. Yes! Quang with Mr. Fuji. I know I'm not crazy, bro. He did the Quang out there. He's doing the overhead chop. Come on, man. I know my shit. That was the uh, new generation era. Awful. Awful. That was uh, Vince McMahon's uh, desperate cry for, hey, we're losing to WCW. What do I got to do here? Let's get younger. I got fucking Mantar and Quang and Fucking, uh, the, the, who, who else was out there? Who else was a part of the new generation era? They got uh, that fucking hockey guy, Duke the Dumpster Drossy, right? Ridiculous. They thought, those characters, some of those characters were fucking awful, man. Seriously. Awful. Bad Bunny, regardless, Bad Bunny, man, what a fucking match. What a match. This had a little bit of everything, man. It had wrestling it had the theatrics it had the crowd it had surprises sports and entertainment this was fun man if you are if you are there and you are living on the island and you and you haven't seen a WWE show you know obviously this was the first WWE show in 18 plus years to 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 have It'd be back in Puerto Rico. If you guys waited all this time, and this was the pay-per-view that they gave you, and this was the match, Bad Bunny, you know, wrestling for WWE for the first time in Puerto Rico in 18 years. I don't know how you, you ain't going to remember this, man, for the rest of your life. Honestly, this was, this was great. It was great shit. Tree Fight. They protected Bad Bunny. Damian Priest protected Bad Bunny. He went out there and did what he needed to do. He, he stole the show tonight. Both of them. Damien Priest is not buried. Not buried. In fact, his stock has never been higher. Management looked at him and said, we need you to go out there and put Bad Bunny over and take care of him. He is going to be a mega star. If not already, Judgment Day is the second biggest stable in the company behind the bloodline. WWE already is, I believe there was a report tonight that WWE was so pleased with Bad Bunny's performance that they're already hoping that he is available for SummerSlam. I don't know what they could do with him. I don't know what the plan may be, but they're already asking possibly for his inclusion at SummerSlam in Detroit. Let me see what you guys are saying, man. The new generation, who else was there, man? Quang was there, Mantar, Duke the Dumpster, Aldo Montoya. Yeah, man, my man, just incredible. Played Aldo Montoya. Who else was there, man? Bastion Booger. Oh my God, man. I remember Bastion Booger. The Goon. He was there. Bob Holly, Skip, and uh Chip, right? Is that what they're named? The Body Donna's? Oh my God, man. Holy shit. Barry Horowitz. You guys are ridiculous, man. You guys are ridiculous. Max Moon. That was Conan, I believe. I think Conan was Max Moon, if I'm not mistaken. God, his outfit was fucking terrible. Yeah, the, uh, the Blue Brothers. Uh, oh, my God, man. I remember the Blue Brothers. Holy shit. You guys are crazy, man. Some of those gimmicks were terrible. Some of those gimmicks were terrible, man. Aldo Montoya. Flash Funk. Actually, you know what? I liked Flash Funk, man. I liked I liked Flash Funk, and I liked Adam Bomb. I thought Adam Bomb was a good fucking gimmick, but I thought that was a cool gimmick. Adam Bomb. I loved him. Seriously, the smoking guns, Crush, Doctor uh, Doctor Isaac Yankum DDS, Damien Demento. Jacob and Eli Blue, man. That's who they were, right? The Blue Brothers. Oh, my God. What a fucking terrible time, man. No wonder WWE was uh, so close to going out of business. Holy shit. Rocky Maivia, King Mabel was terrible. King Mabel was awful. Holy shit. Listen, man, I thought Adam Baum was a cool gimmick, man. He was managed by, uh, what's his name, uh, Harvey Wimpleman. The good old times, man. The good old times. The one, two, three kid. I listen, man. One, two, three kid was cool. One, two, three kid was cool. Doink. Nails. No, nails wasn't uh, the new generation. Hakushi, Takamichi Noku. It was more towards the attitude era, I think. Takamichi Noku. I love the Quebecers. The Godwins. Man, Mountain Rock. I remember him viv- uh, faintly. He was, he was around for what? A, a cup of coffee? Repo Man was not the new generation, man. Uh, Ahmed Johnson was. Hercules was not new generation. Mean Street Posse, that was more Attitude Era, I think. Yes, the Sultan. Who was the Sultan, man? I have a feeling somebody familiar was the Sultan. Who was that? I don't know. New Generation, man. Garbage. Bad Bunny wins in about 25 minutes. I'm over here talking about fucking uh, New Generation WWF. Bad Bunny wins. Awesome, awesome match. The price of admission was paid for by this match. Awesome stuff. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, along with Matt Riddle, against the Usos and Solo Sokoa, man. I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you. The uh, match itself was fine. The match itself was fine. I'm not going to sit here and, and detail this match in great uh, detail, but the match itself was fine. It was more about the story regarding the bloodline than anything else because you've been teasing or they've been teasing, you've been seeing teases about Solo making these side-eye looks to both Jimmy and Jay and Paul Heyman kind of talking behind the Usos' back, and making snide looks, making snide remarks, basically siding with Solo right in front of you guys in plain sight. It was more about the internal turmoil with the bloodline than anything else. I think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are fantastic. I don't know what WWE has to do to reignite them, but the heat... Now, tonight in Puerto Rico, I mean, everybody was over in Puerto Rico, but the heat that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have garnered going into WrestleMania and then coming out of WrestleMania is like night and day. They're not anywhere near as hot as they were before WrestleMania. And something something went wrong along the way. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was the four-week layoff because of the draft with them not really doing much of anything with them just finishing the story and then people got what they wanted and now they have to move on to something else. I don't know. I don't know. But Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are not as hot, anywhere as hot, as where they were before WrestleMania. Matt Riddle comes in. He's a good compliment to them. His story is Solo put him out, the bloodline put him out, so clearly he's going to try and get some revenge there. But I can't sit here and tell you that I'm excited about this. I can't. It was very, I don't want to say boring, but it was very uninteresting to me because I think we've seen the story with these guys and there really isn't much left to tell. They did the WrestleMania rematch. We got Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens winning. They retained the titles. And now it's more so about the bloodline than anything else. What do we have to do to resurrect and get Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens back with that heat, that babyface heat? What do we got to do to make sure they maintain that momentum in the tag team division? Some people say that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are better individually. I mean, we wasted all these weeks, all these months, getting them back together for what? For you guys to say, yeah, they're better individually? No. You put the titles on them. You gave us this incredible story and this incredible WrestleMania moment. You got to ride it out now. You got to ride it out. But what do they do with them to maintain that momentum? Is it the indecision on WWE's part? What are we doing with the tag team titles? Are we moving the Raw titles to Raw and the SmackDown titles to SmackDown? Are we going to create two separate divisions again? Are they going to have to give up one set of titles? Are we going to get them branded as the WWE Tag Team Champions? One set of titles. WWE is yet to make a decision on this. There's a lot of glaring issues coming out of the draft. What are we doing with the tag team titles? What are we doing with the women's titles? Both of them. What are we doing with the NXT women's tag team titles? They're on the main roster now because Alba Fire and Isla Dawn didn't lose those tag team titles. What are we doing? It's almost as if there is internal chaos in WWE and indecisiveness, per se. What are we doing? But Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens need a major tag team feud to reignite that babyface run. Because right now, it is lukewarm at best. And Matt Riddle ain't doing much to help either. This was all about the Usos. Not going to really go over it most of this match because it was basically what you've been given already with all six of these guys. So Owens and Jay, they're in there late. They're trading super kicks. Owens dropped him with a clothesline. They tagged out. And Zayn gave Jimmy a blue thunder bomb for two. Zayn fought off both Usos, but they caught him midair with super kicks, and they go for a cover on Sammy. Get a two count. Jay yelled at Sami Zayn. In the corner, Sami Zayn is just, he's not out, but he's struggling to get to his feet. Yelling that Sami ruined his family. Sami tried to break up his family. Sami tried to destroy his family. It's all his fault. You are to blame. Not me, not us. You are to blame. Jay was setting up for a big running hip attack. Solo tagged himself in. And he forcefully tagged himself in as he slapped Jay in the back. Before Solo could do the move, Jay's on the apron. He slaps Solo so hard in the chest, you see a red imprinted hand mark on Solo's chest, and they start looking at each other, and they get into a verbal back and forth. That got a big reaction from the crowd because you knew something was about to go down with these two guys. They are not liking each other right now at this current time. Zane he takes advantage of this to see these two brothers arguing, he intended to hit Jay, but Jay ducked and accidentally hit Solo. So Sammy hit Solo with the haluva kick, Jay ducked, Zayn caught Jay with a haluva kick anyway, but Sakoa broke up the cover because, you know, you can't have them lose. He wasn't going to have them lose on his watch. Zane gave Sokoa a haluva kick, Jay ducked, Zayn caught Jay with a haluva kick, Solo breaks up the cover, the crowd was going crazy or Sokoa seemed... To turn his attention to Jay Uso, but Riddle cut him off with a knee strike. Jimmy threw Riddle from the ring to the outside. Owens super kicked Jimmy. Sokoa turned Owens inside out with the Samoan spike. Sokoa felt someone touch him and he grabbed them to set up for the Samoan spike. It was Jay Uso. He grabbed Jay Uso by the throat. He wanted to Samoan spike his own brother. He did. The look in his eyes said, I want to do this to you. Jay didn't fight out of it, but instead asked Solo if he would do it to him. Would you really hit me? This was broken up by Sammy. Riddle tagged in and gave Jay Uso the bro Derek. Solo tagged himself in, gave Riddle a Samoan spike, and that was enough for the win. Jimmy was all smiles after the end of the match because they won the match. Jimmy was like, we won, we won, we won. Roman's going to be happy. But I don't think Jimmy realized what happened with Jay and Solo during this match because he was busy on the outside with Kevin Owens. Jay and Solo gave each other looks and they individually celebrated the win over Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Matt Riddle. This is the most interesting thing now going in the Bloodline story. What are we doing with... The Usos. Now, Roman Reigns shows up on Friday night. Nothing was going to happen here tonight because if something's going to happen, it's going to happen at Roman's discretion, under Roman's watch, and with Roman present. It's not going to happen on a show that Roman Reigns is not a part of. I don't know what we do on Friday. I don't know what Roman says on Friday. I don't know if we get the Usos kicked out of the bloodline. It's going to be very interesting to see how Roman feels because... They lost the tag team titles at WrestleMania. They failed to capture the tag team titles last week. But they won tonight. But it wasn't anything the Usos did. It was all Solo Sokoa. It's going to be interesting to see if the Usos are eventually kicked out of the bloodline. I could see them kicked out of the bloodline. I could see, and I said this weeks ago, it may not be anything Roman does himself to lose the championship. It looks like WWE may be setting up Jey Uso to be the one to not beat Roman, but to end Roman's reign. It looks like the Usos may be the downfall of Roman Reigns. So it's going to be a very interesting story with the bloodline and how they continue to tell this story. Do they replace the Usos in the bloodline? Is there even going to be a bloodline? I don't know. It's very difficult to tell where this is going, which I quite like because I want it to be unpredictable. I want there to be twists and turns. I want there to be, you know, a storyline full of surprises, but you could see the inner turmoil. You could see that Solo is being positioned the way he's been booked, the way he's the right-hand man of Roman. You could see he's going to be the new, you know, theoretically, you want to think about long-term booking Roman Reigns. He's going to lose those championships. There will be a new tribal chief. That new tribal chief, that new head of the table is going to be Solo Sokoa. What do you think they're planning? Why do you think they've done everything so carefully and strategically with Solo Sokoa? He's going to be the new head of the table. Will that include his brothers? Will that include other members of the bloodline? Other members of the Anawaii family? I don't know. I don't know. Interesting nonetheless... We'll find out more with Roman Reigns back on SmackDown Friday. And we got further dissension in the bloodline. Main event, Cody Rhodes goes one-on-one with Brock Lesnar. I was not very big into this match going in. I was not excited about this match in any way, shape, or form. And it's all because of WWE's lack of storytelling. I did not understand it. I did not care about it. WWE turned me off for one very specific reason. Why is there no explanation as to why Brock Lesnar attacked Cody Rhodes? Now, WWE, I will give them this. WWE has made mention of it, and they made mention of it several times. Brock Lesnar is yet to really reveal or explain or say why he attacked Cody Rhodes. Which tells me, hopefully, that they know they have to give a reason. Maybe it's somewhere down the line we get a reason. Maybe it's not something they want to present right away. Maybe it's something they want to build up towards. We will see. But regardless, the reason we need to get an explanation is Vince McMahon. I honestly feel Vince McMahon is pulling the strings for Cody's road to Roman. And the logic gaps are courtesy of Vince McMahon. Everything deserves a reason and an explanation. The most important question in all of pro wrestling, the most important question in all of storytelling, no matter what you're doing, reading a book, watching a TV show, watching pro wrestling, watching a movie, Why, why, why? You could watch your favorite baseball team and your pitcher, your star starting pitcher is pitching six shutout innings. And the manager ends up pulling him when he's got a pitch count of 70 and he's pulling him out after six shutout innings. Why are you doing that? Why are you going to your bullpen when this guy's got another three innings in him easy? He's made it this far and showed you he is being dominant let him finish the game, whether it's a win or a loss. Why? Why, 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 why? It's the most important thing in all of storytelling. It's the most important thing as to everything you do. Why? Why? WWE failed to give us the why. And people were so upset at me for asking, well, where's the explanation? You guys started it's coming up. You guys started to come up with your own explanations as to why Brock Lesnar did what he did to Cody. Oh, Brock doesn't need an explanation. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. You cannot go into a storyline and give me, well, Brock does what he wants. No. No explanation from Cody and no explanation from Brock. So how am I supposed to be invested in the match? You can sell me on Brock versus Cody, but I'm not going to be invested in that if there's no story behind it, which there was not. Cody's gotta finish the story. Brock is the gatekeeper to Roman. For all we know, Paul Heyman called in a favor to, to Brock Lesnar to have him end Cody Rhodes because they truly feel because Paul Heyman truly feels Cody is a threat to win the title from Roman. Maybe Paul Heyman called in Paul uh, called in Brock Lesnar to end Cody and stop him from finishing his story. Maybe. Maybe that's where they go with us. I hope they give us an explanation. But outside of everything we've seen so far, the last four or five weeks of television have been not very good for Cody Rhodes. It's lacking excitement. It's lacking the epicness that we have come to know and love from Cody Rhodes. There really isn't anything epic. He's in a match with Brock Lesnar and he's basically reissuing the Lesnar and Cena feud from fucking 10 years ago. Why? Cody Rhodes is not John Cena. Cody Rhodes has a different agenda. Cody Rhodes has a different story and a different road to the world title. But we got to imitate what happened 10 years ago because Vince McMahon doesn't know any better and Vince McMahon doesn't have any more creative juice in his body. And what we got tonight was the result of Poor planning and poor booking. And no explanation. The match was basic. You know, you come to know and love Cody Rhodes for being story-driven. And everything Cody does is revolving around story. There was no story here. There was nothing exciting. And it was the same boring, formulaic, mapped out Brock Lesnar match that we've seen with everybody else before Cody Rhodes. Was it bad? No. Did we get some added color that we did not expect in the match? Yes. Did it enhance the match? Sure. But was it something I'm going to go back and watch and document and relive and tell my fucking grandkids about? No. Give me a break. Give me a fucking break. This match was lame. This match was very... Very forced upon us for no reason. And it was very difficult for me to sit through and get invested in it. Now, they tried. They tried. Rhodes attacked Lesnar during his ring entrance. The bell didn't ring, so Cody knew he had to throw everything and the kitchen sink at Brock Lesnar. Steps, chairs, the announce table. So the referee, as soon as he got these guys back in the ring, the match actually started because... The bell's got to eventually ring. We need a winner. But Cody wanted to do everything he needed to do to weaken Brock Lesnar before the bell actually rung. So it was a smart move by Cody. Disaster kick. Hits Brock Lesnar. Lesnar caught a Cody cutter after a couple of disaster kicks, and then hit a big German suplex. Here we go. Suplex city. Rhodes tried fighting back, but Lesnar hit a fallaway slam, which looked very nice. Lesnar easily hit Rhodes with suplex after suplex after suplex. I knew this match was going to be disaster kick, suplex. Cody Cutter, suplex. Lesnar hit another German suplex. That's four. Rhodes accidentally ripped off a turnbuckle cover. And there were chants from Puerto Rico of suplex city. Let's go, Cody. Suplex city. Let's go, Cody. Cody. So the turnbuckle is now exposed and as Lesnar is suplexing Cody in a German suplex, he's got the turnbuckle pad in his hand. He throws it into the crowd upon release of the suplex. So some lucky fan got a nice souvenir from Backlash tonight. Sure, it's on eBay already. And the turnbuckle is exposed. So Rhodes is in the corner. And Lesnar charging head first, goes face first into the fucking exposed turnbuckle. Lesnar is immediately bleeding. No blade job here. He was busted open hard way. Lesnar is bleeding all over the face, all over the place, all over his face, blood dripping down his face. WWE did everything humanly possible to not shoot Brock Lesnar's face. They shot from behind Brock Lesnar every time they got. So... Rhodes hit a Cody cutter and a disaster kick. Rhodes started fisting away at Lesnar right in the open wound, right? Throwing those bombs right uh, on Lesnar's face. Blood was all over Cody's hands, all over his body, all over his midsection. Rhodes followed with another Cody cutter and consecutive crossroads for a two count. Lesnar blocked another crossroads, hit an F5 for a near fall, Referee had a handful of towels, but I guess, you know, that didn't really matter here. And he kicked them aside. Lesnar did not want the towels. said, fuck the towels. And Brock Lesnar just bloodied, put Rhodes in a camorra lock. Rhodes rolled backwards with the camorra lock still applied. All of his weight on Brock in the camorra lock. One, two, three. And that was it. They went off the air pretty quickly. Somebody threw Brock a towel. He wiped his face down. He couldn't believe what happened. Cody Rhodes ran out of the fucking arena. He ran up the aisleway. He wanted to get as far away from Brock Lesnar as possible. He ran to the back, and that's the way the pay-per-view went off the air. It's almost as if they rushed the ending. They went off the air about 11.05. It was almost as if this ended Monday Night Raw and not a premium live event. They went 10 minutes, and it went it went as far as they needed to go. It didn't need to go 15, it didn't need to be 20, it didn't need to be this epic fucking main event, because you knew Brock Lesnar was going to go in there and do exactly what he did tonight. Suplex, 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 F5, bleed, suplex, F5, lose. It didn't need to be any more than 10 minutes. But to sit there and say... Hey, man, I'm excited. About what? I'm actually disappointed. I'm actually disappointed in everything that happened. This was lame. The outcome of the match, I guess we saw Cody winning. But now my question is, where do they go from here? Where do they go with Cody and where do they go with Brock? Is Brock missing Night of Champions? Is Brock going to miss his Saudi payday? Is the Prince... And Vince is going to leave Brock Lesnar off of Saudi Arabia. No. He's still their biggest attraction. Is he missing Saudi Arabia? I doubt it. You're going to leave Cody off of a Saudi Arabia show for the first time in WWE? I don't think that's going to happen either. I don't know what we do on Monday night, but Brock's a free agent. He can show up on any show he wants. Cody's on Raw. Maybe Cody is in the fucking world title tournament. And... With beating Brock Lesnar, he gained entry to get one of those spots. Maybe Lesnar is so upset that he lost to Cody Rhodes that he takes his anger out on Cody Rhodes and makes Cody Rhodes a fucking victim again on Monday and ruins his chances of getting into the the finals of the world title tournament. And we get match number two, this time with no DQ, no rules, maybe a steel cage at the pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia. Because I know for a fact those guys aren't missing the show, and they got nothing else to do. So why not? So why not? Unless Cody is going to the finals of the pay-per-view to wrestle for the world title, but what sense would that make? Why would you put him in a a world title match on Monday night when he's chasing the champion that is on SmackDown? A lot of confusion here. A lot of confusion. But I do see that Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes will be getting another match out of this. And I don't know where they go with Cody Rhodes and his uphill battle and his adversity and that long road back to Roman Reigns. What do we do? Does Brock beat him in Saudi, if that's the case? Does Cody have to struggle some more? Maybe he wins money in the bank. How does he get to Roman? How does he get to Roman? I don't know. But I'll tell you this right now, man. I have advocated for Roman to beat Cody at WrestleMania. I made my entire Wrestlemania season about that. I did not foresee Vince McMahon making things as lame as they are and as dull as they are right now. I did not. But if WWE continues down this road with Cody Rhodes in this unexciting fashion, you're going to make me agree with you guys about Cody winning the title at Wrestlemania and it should have been done at Wrestlemania. Because I have no faith in WWE to tell me a story worth me giving a shit about. I'm not excited about Cody and Brock. I'm not excited about him uphill battle. Him going through an uphill battle against Brock Lesnar. I'm not. I'm not. It's the same tired bullshit that we've seen time and time and time again. Brock does not need to be a gatekeeper for the world title. It's lame. It's lame. But that was Backlash. Cody wins. I'm assuming we get a rematch at Night of Champions. And we get them wrestling one more time before Cody goes on to do whatever he's got to do against Roman Reigns. I appreciate you guys very much. And thank you for joining me right here on the podcast We had 3,600 people live tonight for Backlash, man. I'd say that's a good night. I'd say that's a good night. We got 1,200 likes on the live stream. I'd say that's a good night. We're going to get into the Super Chats in just a little bit. But before we do that, man, I want to make sure you guys are in the know about DraftKings being the official sponsor of Off The Script, and they are sponsoring the show tonight for the Backlash post-show right here on OTS. Ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast is brought to you by my great friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. The playoffs are in full swing, and teams are fighting to get into the next round as they pursue basketball glory. Today's video sponsor, DraftKings, is bringing the high-stakes action to all new customers. DraftKings Sportsbook is offering all new customers 100 and $50 in bonus bets if their pregame money line wager of $5 hits. I know you guys heard me correct, man. New customers bet just $5 on any pregame money line wager, and new customers will receive $150 in bonus bets if their bets hit. Now, you're probably wondering. What could you spend that $150 in bets on? You could try DraftKings Same Game Parlays, where you can combine multiple bets from the same game into one big bet for a shot at even a bigger payout. If mobile sports betting is not available in your state, don't worry, because you guys can still get in on the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy, where they offer cash prize contests for nearly every sport. Once again, guys, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And new customers use promo code JD from NY. Bet $5 on any pregame money line wager and get $150 in bonus bets if your bet hits. That's promo code JD from NY only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you for hanging out with me tonight. Right here on Off the Script. Let's get into these super chats, man. Let's acknowledge these fine people tonight. Martez Rogers with a new membership. Martez, thank you so much, brother. What the fuck are you drinking tonight, man? Michelle Moran with a two dollar super chat. Set Beef Omas. Thank God someone in WWE has a clue. We'll see how much of a clue they have when Roman shows up on Friday. He's gonna need an opponent for Night of Champions. Who that is going to be? I do not know. Captain Solo with the twenty two months. Thank you, brother. They might have to change Omas' name to Ojob. Glad Seth won. But how is anyone supposed to take Omos seriously if he can't win a high-profile match? Bro, his credibility was also lost well before this, so... He's got zero left. He's got zero, zero, zero credibility. Sham World with seven months. Thank you, Sham. What a great show. Crowd was on fire tonight. They definitely made the show feel bigger. And the underdogs look like champions. No red skies tonight. No, sir. Lauren with a 15 months. Hey everyone, the backlash crowd was hot. Fans were booing Bianca. I'm kind of tired of her reign, to be honest. EO deserved that win. Glad Seth won as well. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. What a shock. The champs losing, but still a good match, and we need to speed up the bloodline breakup. Right now, I feel it dragging, which is a Vince McMahon move. I'm okay if the bloodline thing takes a little bit long to get where it needs to go because they got weeks of television to fill, and I think they have an end goal in mind, and they're going to make it play out until that end goal. Derek Anawaii with a 17 months. Thank you, bro. Oose, this show was eh, but at least my family won. Yeah, but your family's got problems, brother. Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. OTS for life. JD, the king of the IWC for life. Thanks for all you do here in the venue. Thank, Thank you, Solo. Super Chat by TK. Not the TK, but TK. Feels like an audible was called at the end. So much blood was coming out. I don't know. That felt rushed to me. But great pay-per-view overall. Cheers, JD. Well, maybe he shouldn't go head first into an exposed turnbuckle next time. Derek, again with the $2 Super Chat. What do you think about Carlito being back, Oos? I think Carlito looks great, bro. I would have him back full-time. He looked awesome, and that backstabber he did was fucking great tonight, man. Holy shit. Easy with a $5 super chat. BB and Priest. Bad Bunny and Priest should have ended backlash. The crowd was great. Cody gained nothing from his match. Bailey ruined Io and Bianca. Great match. OTS for life. I, listen, man, it was boring. Cody beating Brock was boring, man. I didn't really get a sense that Cody won anything tonight. I didn't feel it. I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't, you know, anything where it needed to be. It just lacked in so many different ways. I hope I'm not the only one that feels that way. Nicholas Romero of the 199. I give this pay-per-view a seven and a half out of 10, but a zero for that ending. Yes, the the ending was anticlimactic as shit, man. Tony Brown with a 499. I enjoyed the show, J.D. I'm glad you enjoyed the show. I'm sure you enjoyed Bailey's booty meat as well. Paul Troy with two $5 Super Chats. I guess Cody is going to win the WWE Participation Award. Hey, J.D., tell Jesse that Larry wants to challenge him to a match at All In with Goldberg as the special guest ref. Bro, Larry the dog is a beautiful specimen. I mean this. I'm not lying. I'm not fibbing. I'm not joking. I'm not trolling. Larry is an absolute doll. A cutie pie is Larry the dog. Eugene, $10 super chat. I thought we would see a botch or an injury tonight because someone called a spot in Spanish. And the other guy understood English. Glad that didn't happen. No botches here, Eugene. No botches. Uh, Joseph Taylor with a $3 super chat. Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest was match of the night. Yes, indeed, Joseph Taylor. Brian Edwards with 19 months. This felt like a Triple H show. It did. It absolutely did. Craig with an eight months. Eo should have won, period. OTS for life. Prayers from my mom, please. Thoughts and prayers to your mother, Craig. Hopefully all is well, man. Uh, Elite JCTV. You must have just joined the stream, bro. So what are your thoughts on Raw's women's title on SmackDown and SmackDown title on Raw? Do you think they will have matches at Night of Champions to correct that? Bro, I've been talking about this since last Friday. I've been talking about this since last Friday, bro. The fact that you probably did not catch any of my streams. Well, I talked about this again tonight is very disheartening. Or maybe you're not even a subscriber here. I have no idea. Maybe you're new. I don't know. But it truly makes me feel like my videos are not being seen by the people that they need to be showed to. JP with a $5 super chat. Buriquas, stand up. Representing Puerto Rico at the OTS venue. I am betting money that Cody versus Brock is the main event. And that was a Vince call. Probably. I don't know why Bad Bunny didn't main event. I don't know why they put that on in the main event, man. Cody versus Brock. Bad Bunny should have absolutely main evented the show. Fantasy Kid 1977 with a 16-month. Showing some love, bro. Was you able to order a dark horse? I got one in grabber blue. Um, I am trying to see what I could do, bro, as far as a a, a dark horse. I don't know if I want to trade in my existing Mustang or sell it outright. Uh, But uh, I'm going with the Blue Ember, bro. I'm probably going to look and see if I could get my hands on a premium package. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's not cheap either. It's going to be about 70 G's. You guys are going to have to donate some more Super Chats if you want me in a dark horse, man. I don't know if that's going to be possible. El Mase with a $20 Super Chat. Just got back from the Coliseum. Show was amazing live. I think I need new vocal cords. EO was insanely over, at least in our section, and we booed the fuck out of Bianca. Uh, well, listen, bro, I'm glad you enjoyed the show, man. It came off incredibly on TV, and uh, I think you'll probably end up watching it back, and you'll be not surprised at how loud you guys were. And it did come across on TV. Bianca was booed, and EO was incredibly over on TV. Basic with a 4.99. So, OTS family, what do you want to talk about? Let's talk about that Bobby Lashley Lesnar recycled finish. Yep. Lame. We got a 550 super chat from my best friend, Peter. Yay! More. Legit cried my eyes out when Omos got shafted again. He deserves his story too. Hashtag world champ. Hashtag let's go with a 550 super chat from Peter Gaymore. Basic with a 499. Here's hoping to, here's hoping, here's to hoping we get the real reason why Lesnar targeted Cody in the first place if we get Lesnar Rhodes part two. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Jack Perez, thank you again for the $100 super chat, brother. Appreciate you being here, man. And thank you for your generosity. Matt Fugitive with the $2 Super Chat. JD talking nice about Omas. Hell has froze over. Yes. Listen, man, I am a fair reviewer, okay? What I do here is fair and down the middle. If I said he sucked tonight, then I probably would be blasted. But he did not. Fruity with a one ninety nine. The show and crowd was amazing. Yes, it was. Montreal rather with two dollars. Is JD Mister Nine to Five going to be in ww Two K twenty three? No. Stop asking me to play twenty three. I'm not playing it. I told you guys I was not giving them money at the beginning of the life cycle. I'm not giving them money. I'm waiting for fight forever. Mister Nine to Five is all elite. Matt Fugitive with a two dollars super chat. So where does Cody go from here? Thoughts? You know, Matt, I don't really even give a shit anymore. I don't. Another match with Lesnar at Night of Champions. That's where he's going. Dom Wapo with a one ninety nine. What a fun show tonight! I hope Carlito comes back. So do I. Clayton Drake with a 499. I'm not Sidro, but here's a joke. Dana Brooke becoming women's champion. <laughs> oh man, that one gets me every time, man. That would gets me every time. Nobody, nobody likes Dana Brooke. Nobody. I'm just gonna change nobody watches impact and nobody nobody likes Dana Brooke. Nobody watches Dana Brooke. World champion. <laughs> Oh man. You guys are fucking comedians there, really. I'm surprised she has a fan. Sooty fruity. With the 49 denies. Seth versus Omos was surprisingly good. He should have won and this low key felt like money in the bank 2011. Peter Gay Moore with a 220. Almost putting on the match of the night. Hashtag future. Thank you, Peter Gay Moore. Tutti Frutti with a 199. What's one hot take that would shape the universe? I don't even know, man. That's a good question. I don't know. We've had a couple of hot takes that people didn't agree with, man. Take your pick of the litter. Clayton Drake with a four ninety nine, best out of three. Dana Brooke, Eva Marie, or Nia Jax. Oh, I'm definitely going with Nia Jax. Best in what way? Best looking or best in the ring? Because if it's best looking, I'm going with Eva Marie. If it's best in the ring, sadly, I got to go with Nia Jax. Peter Day. More. With a 220. Omos stole the show. Robert Jimenez with a $2 super chat. Damian Priest needs a world heavyweight title run. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we get Seth versus Finn Balor in the finals. I don't know. Or at least on that Raw. Er sane with a two dollar You're Happy to be a wrestling fan for the moment, like these. Yeah, it's a fun night tonight, bro. Fun night. Tutti fruity with a four ninety nine. Do you think Bianca vs was better than Rhea versus Charlotte? I don't think so, but it's close. Um, if I was to, if you wanted to put a gun to my head and had to give you an answer. I'd probably say probably not, but the crowd, the crowd with 17,000 in Puerto Rico was better than the crowd that had 70,000. Joshua Simo, were they 499? JD, in your honest opinion, besides the new world title, how much longer do you think we continue to hear And still insert title name as opposed to the new. How much longer do you think we continue to hear and still insert title name as opposed to the new? In regards to what? Roman Reigns? I don't know, man. I'd end it at SummerSlam. I would honestly end it at SummerSlam, to be quite honest with you. That's where I would go. Tutti Frutti with a 499. Seeing Io and Zelina lose solidified my reason on why we need a mid-card women's title. Yeah, I don't know. That question was very weird, too. I don't know. Joshua, the question was very... uh... Very difficult to uh, understand, bro. You got, you got to maybe kind of reword that one. Yeah, I'm not the... I l- listen, guys, I didn't understand the question either. I'm assuming he was talking about Roman Reigns. Um, I'd love if they merge the, the women's titles to one title and make an intercontinental title. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe we're getting a, a unification match of sorts instead of swapping the titles back and forth. Long-term cooking with a $4.99. WWE will be using tonight as the new source for their insulting, piped-in crowd noise. Great show. Did not feel like a Vince show. All Triple H. Well, I mean, there's only... uh, I mean, there's a lot of content they can use Their cooking. Uh, They can't use the... uh, crowd chanting in Spanish, counting down one, two, three, so. Jedi joke with a five-dollar see which, in in my opinion, Bad Bunny should have main-evented the show and not Cody Lesnar. Also, did you catch Jay say to Solo, I'm your brother, not him. I did not hear that. I did not hear that. That's a very interesting take there. I'm not your brother, not him. I'm I'm your brother, not him. Oh, that's going to come into play then. That's going to come into play for sure. Tyler Leopard. I don't give a fuck about what they do with Liv Morgan. I think the titles on Raw are useless. Who gives a shit? The women's team titles are absolutely worth zero. They are garbage. Burn him. with a $20 super chat. Solo Sokoa almost hit Jay Uso with the Samoan spike. Jimmy caught Jay with the super kick. That was by accident. Roman's betrayal is imminent and it will happen when he comes back to SmackDown. I hope so. Oh my God. We got one, two, three, 4, 220 super chats from Peter Gaymore. Omos putting on banger after banger. Omos should win the new world title. Omos should beat Bruno San title record. Hell with Cody. Omos deserves to finish his story. Peter Gaymore is drunk. Peter Gaymore may be a bigger fan of Omos than Vince McMahon. future media with a $5 super chat great show JD I hope WWE gives Bianca and Rhea new titles and drops the Raw and Smackdown names from them and renames them women's world and universal titles WWE may actually do that bro they may actually cut the names of the shows out of the titles we may get a women's world championship and a WWE women's championship maybe that's what they do I have no idea Grimsley with the 2 dollar super jab, Bailey needs to use sweet cheek music. Bro, Tony Storm has better cheeks than Bailey. I'm sorry. It's Just the way it is. Get uh get your eyes checked. Uh, theme parks and things with Johnny 6 months. What is your opinion about Andrade coming back to join the LWO. No. No, thank you. D-apostrophe Green with a 199 Super Chat. Did you see Balor leaving Dominic to get beat up? Uh, I did not. AWC Legend with a 499. Great show, JD. You've been a fan for two years now, and do you think Drew will return and turn heel? Hopefully, new stage set up tomorrow. OTS for life. You mean Monday. Um, I do think Drew stays, and I do think that he turns heel. I think he is going to end up staying with the WWE. They'd be foolish to let him go. Uh, I'm going to have to ask you guys to uh, get yourselves under control in chat. Tony Storm is better booty meat than Bailey. I'm sorry. I'm not saying Bailey is not good booty meat like Tony Brown says, but uh negative. False. Uh legend, thank you, bro. Hero with a five dollar super Seth wins the world heavyweight title. I can see Cody entering Money in the Bank, not winning. Gunther wins the Royal Rumble, challenges Seth. Cody wins the Chamber, beats Roman at Mania. Bro, I, I mean, I, I'm done. I, I'm just done giving a shit about it. I, I'm done talking about it. I'm done pondering what's going to be. I'm done. After tonight, man, I'm just my 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 interest is very low coming out of this show tonight. I I don't care. I don't care. Why not both? I don't know. You can only have one. You can't have two women. You got to choose one. Shit, I take Sky Blue over Bailey. Does that make me wrong? How does that? How could that possibly make me wrong? I mean, yes, if we're if we're talking if we're talking about you know anybody being number one, I mean Nikita Lyons is I mean come on now, man or Gigi Dolan. Hero, thank you, brother. Uh, kill, uh, kill a swag with a nine month. Just, just stopping through to show love to you, JD, and the OTS family. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you with the nine months. Captain Solo with a $2 Super Chat. What did you think of Bailey's outfit? Uh, Bailey's outfit was quite nice. It was quite nice, man. I appreciate a nice outfit. Captain Solo, thank you for the two. Jason Tar with 15 months. I acknowledge you, my tribal chief. The head of the IWC table, never sleep on Bad Bunny or Logan Paul. Regardless of how you feel, they can go. Yes. Peter Gaymore with a 220. We need an Omos and Dana Brooke love angle. Right, somebody get Peter Gaymore out of here, please. I mean, this guy's obviously drunk at the venue, man. Get him out of here. Cal hey. L with a $5 super chat. Do you think Sammy and Kevin should have some sort of tag team name? They seem more like a team. No. Everybody knows they're best friends. I think they're fine the way they are. Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. Is Matt Riddle on punishment? Certainly seems like it. What does the future hold for him? Probably a breakup of uh, RK Bro when Randy Orton gets back to television. Tony Esquire with a $10 super chat. The crowd enjoyed themselves as their enthusiasm made this event much better than it was. WWE should consider going here more often. I agree. I agree. Tony Esquire. Tony Esquire with a $5 super chat. Bianca's an excellent wrestler, just boring. Almost as boring as Jed Cargill. I'm African-American, by the way, just being real. Uh, you didn't need to tell me that last part. I, I was going to agree with you even if you didn't tell me what uh, background you were. Peter Gaymore with the 220. Why won't anyone let Omas finish his story? Because Omos doesn't have a story. Omos needs his story to learn how to wrestle. Then maybe we could get him into something a little bit more serious. Peter Game War is wild tonight. Ridiculous. Grimsley with a $5 super chat. What do you think about R 4 remake? I love it. I think it's great. I thought it was a fantastic remake, says Grimsley. Krauser's boss fight were my favorite. Also, Solo had real rage from that slap. Yes, he did. Robert Jimenez with a $2 super chat. Tony Storm and Bailey equals great assets. Yes. Those are the assets that I would like on my team. Peter Gamore with the 220. We all know Amos has better booty meat than Tony Storm. Alright, this guy's get this guy out here. This guy is fucking just ridiculous, man. Joseph Taylor with a three dollar super chat. He says, I do enjoy Nikita Lions assets. I mean, who doesn't? And Jason Martinez. Jason Martinez. If I could end this fucking song here. There you go. JD kicked this clown out. He's not funny. PG, 12-year-old. Listen, man, he's buying me my Starbucks coffee tomorrow morning. And Tony Esquire... Why does WWE hate LA Knight? He and Gunther deserve more. Who says WWE hates LA Knight? I mean, they got LA Knight building his resume, building his equity. He is one of the most over guys in the company. Give it time. Let it play out. And Cisco, with 12 months I feel so bad for Bailey and Damage Control. The potential was there, but the creative was just not. Happy one year to me in this amazing venue. Thank you for being here for a year, Cisco. Appreciate you, brother. AWC Legend with a one ninety nine. Peter Gaymore in Omos Impression Voice. Uh, you know what, AWC Legend? I'm going to let that one slide way too late for me to be screaming Omas at 2 o'clock in the morning not gonna do it but I appreciate you brother and I'm not gonna entertain Peter Gaymore anymore bro Peter Gaymore is uh, absolutely out here just drunk as anything I've ever seen in the venue which I appreciate you guys for hanging out with me tonight man you guys are awesome what a stream 3,700 in the venue you guys are great. Love to see it. It's awesome. Make sure you guys... Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. Make sure you hit that thumbs up. Appreciate you guys for hanging out with me tonight. And we'll do this again tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'm not going to be live, but we will uh, do our thing tomorrow. A couple of extras out here, and we'll do our thing as usual. Anyway, guys, hit that thumbs up. Let me know what you think of everything in the comment section tonight. Let me know how you felt about Backlash. Follow me on Twitter, at JD from NY206. Hit that subscribe button down below. Go check out the content on the channel, and check out DraftKings. Make sure you guys hit up DraftKings as well, man. Thank you for DraftKings sponsoring the show tonight. And I'll see you guys tomorrow, man, right back here in the venue with some more wrestling news to close out your week right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys tomorrow.